0: Verse
1: 22, amen, I will dispense with a lot of remarks and things that just take a lot of time, but it is so good to see every one of you, amen, our guests today, so good to see y'all, amen, it's just a thrill. Uh, I, I often tell people that show up, Emily and Sister Robinson, both good to see, I, always, I tell them because it's true, I say, you just blessed me today by showing up, they will get a blessing, But Brother Johnson, I get blessed when I see people come that hasn't been here in a while. So it's just a delight to see all of you here. There are others that are not making it for whatever reasons, various reasons. Let's don't forget as a church to pray for them. They're having their struggles, their problems, whatever it is. But Deuteronomy, chapter number 1, verse number 22. Amen. When you get your scripture, say amen or just look up, up on the screen and we'll read it from right up there hallelujah and ye came near unto me every one of you and said we will send men before us and they shall search us out the land and bring us word again by the way we must go up and into what cities we shall come hallelujah this is where god's people were on the border of the promised land they had just come through the wilderness and now it's entering in time and uh, they're about to go in and spy out the land. I'd like to, this this basic, I began to write this thought uh, on Monday or Tuesday, and uh, this may turn out more of a, uh, in mind, I had a Wednesday night Bible study, but uh, I, maybe I can make it a little more like preaching, but but maybe not, I don't know, just if you get the idea and the lesson and the point, that's what matters, but just you know I didn't plan this for Sunday it was a week almost a week back that this thought came and I began to jot down little things here amen look over somebody smile at them tell them how handsome how good looking they are love your hairdo (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah you may be seated God bless you amen thank y'all sound good today when you finally got it adjusted Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Good lesson today, Chad, in Sunday school. Amen. God's people have been in the wilderness of testing at this point for right about two years now. But in spite of their failures, I want you to get these little things here. I'm not justifying and trying to uh, make us appear or, or just i'm not trying to you know highlight the fact that we all mess up and we that's, that's not it at all we do these things amen but but in spite of this god blesses us in spite of our shortcomings and 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 that's what i have here to to, to as a reminder in spite of their failures to trust god in this wilderness experience a, 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 and they, they wouldn't trust his promises. They were standing now anyway, in spite of all of that, at the border of the promised land. I mean, I mean, it, it took them two years now to make a journey that could have been done in two weeks or three weeks at most. But, but because they were not ready, I mean, I'm wondering how many of us, I told you this is gonna be teaching a little bit, I'm wondering how many of us We had a vision of something, whether it was a ministry or whether it was a new house or a new car or a new job. And in our our own human nature, we are ready for God to do this for us, but somehow God doesn't feel like, obviously God doesn't feel like we're ready. So he puts us through another test. This is how we find ourselves in this Old Testament. Someone says, oh, what does that have to do with us? It's irrelevant. It was, you know, thousands of years ago. Back in the, no, 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 no. You find your situation and you find yourself in the experiences that God put his people through here. Amen. God's idea was to teach his people, amen, that he was the true source of all of their provisions. Let me tell you, we say it often or every once in a while. Uh, listen, uh, it doesn't matter, some folks think that if we get the right president or the right governor, uh, uh, you know, or the right senator or the right pastor, then we can have revival. Let me tell you something. Listen, it doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter what the what the economy looks like. It doesn't matter who your pastor is. Uh, uh, listen, God can give you a miracle. God can provide for you. and He can give you a personal revival. Hallelujah, but God was trying to let his people and get it across to them that he was the source of all of their provisions, water from a rock, bread from heaven, amen, shoes that never wore out on their feet, clothes that never wore out. Do you know that God, somebody brought it up here not long ago, that sickness was taken away from them? T.F. Tenney used to preach about it and do it T.F. Tenney style. When they walked out of Egypt loaded down with the gold and silver and all the valuables, what that was was payment for all of those years of being slaves in Egypt. All that brick making and all the other stuff that they were doing, when they walked out, they were loaded down with riches and wealth. But not only that, those people who had arthritis and they were they were bent and they had this disease, and guess, guess what, they began to straighten up, amen, and the pain from that disease left there. Because God said he was taking sickness away from them because of their obedience, amen. And yet when they got in the wilderness, we find what, 12 major tests and trials that that guess what, if you look at it, they failed every one of them. And then we read our scripture, and they're st- in spite of that, they're standing at the border of the promised land. I got a couple points I want to bring out for us here on down in this lesson, just a little bit. I think it'll be good for every one of us because it's going to match some of us. I'm going to find you in the word of the Lord right here. I'm going to find several of us right here. It got me real good. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, in all these tests, you know what they did? They complained. <laughs> He provided all these things for them. Guess what? They complained anyway. They did not trust their man of God, Moses. He's the one God put in charge. Let I me mean, I mean just, again, a teaching lesson here. If you don't trust your man of God, I'll be the first to tell you, I got problems. I got flaws. I got, you know, this or that. I'm not the best speaker, preacher in the world. You know, Listen. You know, I'm not going to use this as a club to beat you up and beat you into submission. I'm not going to do that. But if you don't trust your preacher, you're only a small step from distrusting God. A little step, all right? Hebrews 13 and 17 is not what I'm going to beat you up with, right? But it says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account. Listen, I know it takes a lot of faith, amen, amen, Satan is trying to convince us that God's word is unreliable. And that's why why we're going to stick close and stand on it. That's why we're going to, it's it's big in our lives, all right? It does matter that you repent. It does matter that you come to church. It does matter. But why? Because the Bible said that. All right? It does matter that you get baptized in water and you're plunged under that water as a type of ba- it matters, all right? But he is he is trying to convince us that God's word is just something that we don't have to worry about. Amen. It is no coincidence in the scripture that the very first conversation Satan had with man, he questioned God's word. Not just, it didn't just happen. Genesis three and one, yay, watch what he said. He created a question. Yay, hath God said, that's Satan speaking right now. Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Unbelief folks is a disease that robs one from the ability to respond to God's goodness. Amen. After the woman listened to this sin, you know, uh, you know it, it, was just a, it was just a matter of time. Listen to this, this gossip and this negativism. It was just a matter of time that they fell out of grace with God. Didn't take long. Amen. The longer we listen to the enemy, the more likely we are to accept his lies. Get away from negativism. Get away from complaining. Get away from folks who pout. Get away from folks who don't come to the altar. Move somewhere else if somebody, amen, is distracting you in the service. Why? This is very very vital. It's important because it'll rub off on you. Matthew 4, amen, verses 1 through 4. The, even Jesus was tested. Then was Jesus led up to the of the spirit into the wilderness. He had his own wilderness. This is New Testament stuff. Amen. Why? To be tempted of the devil. That's the whole purpose. And when he had fasted 40 days, I always laugh about this scripture right here. Why'd they put this in here? And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards and hungered. No kidding. Just 40 days? I always just kind of chuckle when I read that. Oh, really? Verse 3, and when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Watch this verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written. Everybody say, It's the word. Yeah. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. We like to take the whole ball of wax, the whole nine yards, put it all together together. Amen. That's where we get our plan of life from right here. Jesus overcame Satan in this face-to-face confrontation. How? By using the word of God. It is written. Listen, you build your house on that rock. Oh, yeah, the storms will come, and they do come. Finances do go up and down. Oh, I was so glad to pass by a station and saw gasoline, $1.99. And I'm like, man, my tank is. I wish I, wish I was on empty. <laughs> Up and down, but you know what? God's economy is steady. Hallelujah, and He knows how to give good gifts to His children. Hallelujah, Amen. I'm ready to receive ours. I'm ready for you to get yours. Amen. We do it by faith. I saw some of you, so good to see you lifting your hands. Tears are good. Praising is good. Shouting is good. Amen. I'm so happy, amen, to see that. Amen. Maybe there are those right here in this room who feel that you've been misunderstood. They didn't understand what I was talking about. Join the crowd. Amen. You've been treated unfairly. I'm going to slow down a little bit right here, but then I'm going to move on, all right? I'm not going to hammer on you too long. Feeling's been hurt, you're wounded, amen. Let, let me notify us here. When, when you allow yourself to get in that condition, amen, this is fertile ground for Satan to plant his seeds of distrust, anger, strife, division, and a whole list of things, amen, that comes with backsliding and hindering revival and not being a blessing. Amen. Listen you are in a wilderness God will prepare those he says he will prepare those whom he uses you know wouldn't it be something if they drafted our soldiers that are fighting our wars to protect us? Wouldn't it be horrible if they just drafted them and then gave them this big super position and then never put them through training and never put them through boot camp? They tell me that what, I, what I've known about boot, boot camp, it's just almost impossible to make it through it. They put you to the brink. Now, especially if you go into special services and... and uh, you know, like the Navy Seals and the Rangers, and I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable what they have to go through. They test them. I'm wondering what it is, Brother Chris, that God has in store for us. It must be something that's just really awesome. Why, why do you believe? Because he's put us through tests. He's put us in a strain. He's hurt us. Amen. I've found myself... All by myself, Brother Green, just as you have, and you have, and you have. Nobody around. All the showmanship, if there is any, is gone. It's just me and God. Amen. Crying out, Brother John, like you were. Amen. But nobody else. Amen. It's just God. It's time now. Amen. I, I don't know if I can take this anymore. We're in boot camp, we're in a wilderness. Jesus was, you, you read the scripture, went into the wilderness to be tempted. Right. Yeah. One word for that is tested. How are you going to do the next test? How are you doing right now in your problem, in your situation? Amen. Israel flunked all the tests that God put them through in the wilderness. Amen. The problem with failing all these little things, and that's what I'm talking about, amen, winning these little battles, overcoming these little foxes, there's a a reason for that, amen, and I'll get to that in just a minute, amen. The problem with that, with failing all these tests, is that the moment faith is needed the most, we're not trying to get you to come to church and get here on time and come early and pray and pay your tithes and do all but I'm not trying to just do that so we can say, wow, look what a holy church we got. Look what good. No, no, I'm not doing it for that reason. The reason is you can get in a habit of just mess, just, you know, failing little tests. Oh, it's just little. Oh, it doesn't matter until one day you're brought up and you're at the border of the promised land now. You done failed everything, little stuff, I call them little, amen, could be a lot more insignificant than the promised land itself. Somebody says, oh, that's not a heaven or hell issue. God's not gonna cause me to be lost over this or that, maybe he won't. But we can get in a habit of failing. We get in a habit of just letting things slide, Brother Johnson. Oh, it's okay. And, and Chad mentioned it a while ago. We just justify it. I, you know, this human nature, we got a pretty good mind, and we just it just kicks in right away. And we just play it down and justify it, and, and we become, you know, the person who just decides whether God's going to. Listen, we are going to be judged on Judgment Day. The Bible said according to the deeds I know that these quote-unquote faith people, are just all faith, all roads lead to the same place. I, I know they, this just makes them uncomfortable, but it did say that we're going to be judged according to the deeds done in this life. It does matter what you do. It does matter what you don't do, all right? And so stop playing it down because the big test is coming. Hallelujah. Amen. I just don't want us to get in a habit of falling short. David deal did kill the giant. He slew the giant, but he didn't start with a giant. David killed. If you'll read his story, he killed a lion. That wasn't a little thing either. You know, have you looked at a lion lately. You know, I'm not a scary person. I'm you know I'm pretty. I was raised in the woods and wild animals. We used to go camp out and just build us a fire. We didn't have fancy equipment. You know, we didn't have Tents. I mean, I finally got a tent one time, but but we just laid out under the stars. We didn't even have. We didn't even have a good sleeping bag. We just got old quilts and stuff, and some kind of an old pillow. So I'm not. I'm not afraid of that. But once I know what it is, it's the enemy. And you know, you know who what he does. He sends fear. Fear will put the brakes on. Amen. But you know, right here, right here. Maybe because maybe I watch. You know, once in a while I watch the animal program, and and. Uh, uh, I, I, it's unbelievable how how vicious and how mean a lion can be. And I know they, they're not out here, but it had not been too long ago, Brother Woody. I'm walking here in the middle of the night. I come over here, especially those cold nights, and I check the water and make sure that maybe the water's running a little bit. Brother Johnson's helped us lately do that. They do everything around here. and But, but you know, I'm all by myself, and I've prayed and talked to God. I'm walking back home. Everybody's asleep. And all of a sudden, Brother David Harry, I'm thinking, I'm like, boy, what if, what if some lion has escaped out of a cage somewhere? And he's like right out, he's right out there. I can say, I'm not a scary person. You know, I'm like, hmm. And then I go, you know, how I find myself. <laughs> and then I walk a little. <laughs> I know that's childish. I mean, you know, you didn't know I was a scary cat, did you? <laughs> you know? Fear is just a horrible thing. That's exactly what the enemy would do you in spiritual matters. Oh, my God, I can't do that. Amen. And we end up failing, amen, on all kind of things. Amen. But David killed the giant, uh, killed, but he killed the lion first. He killed the bear before he got there. Amen. So he built up. What are you talking about? The smaller test, the day-to-day trials. The little things. Listen, I, I think we need to get the, get the I dotted. We need to cross the T here because the big battle is coming. The big test is coming. Listen, listen, what are you talking about? Listen, if you have anger issues, if you have distrust, if you have fear, if you have doubt, my advice is just start now getting this stuff out of your life. Just bring that to the altar and say, I'm not going to be jealous anymore. I'm not going to be angry with my brother or my sister. I'm not. And in place of that, I'm going to put the joy of the Lord. In place of that will come the peace of the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Oh, well, we got big troubles. But, you know, here's the peace right, right on the tail end, Brother Bobby. On a, but you know what? I believe God's going to help us, and it's all going to work out all right. That's That's the difference. That's the difference. It's going to be fine. You know, I tell this story. I tell this story. I didn't realize I did it. And my daughter-in-law, during that time, uh, probably even before she married my son, and uh, she spent more time with us then. (laughs) I'm missing that, Melissa. She was here away from home and little tests and trials of this and that. And, And I hear one side of the conversation, she's talking to her mom. This is a habit, I'm, I hate to use the word proud, but I don't, for lack of a better word, I'm, I'm proud that, I, that I've learned this along the way. And she's talking to her mom and telling her her struggles and her pro- problems. And, 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 and her mom on the other end, obviously she's been a Christian for a long time, and she's asking Melissa, well, did you talk to your pastor? And Melissa says, well, yes, I did. Well, what did he say? It, 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 it sounds like it's just something to get by with and like, well, you don't, want, no, no, no. He, he said he said it's all gonna be all right. It's all gonna be fine. Listen, talk about the trouble. I don't wanna sweep your problem under the rug. I'm not trying to get out having a counseling session with you. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get out of meeting you at the church in the middle of the night if we have to and praying with you pray through your trouble and your struggle. I'm not trying to get out of that. That's, that's not the point. Amen. I'll, I'll do all of that. Amen. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I believe, amen, if we release faith in us, take a hold of this thing and say, you know what? I, I just believe things are going to be fine. They're going to work out. We're just in the test. Talk about those tests but then in the end, let's close it off. Let's just don't leave it hanging there. It's just horrible. We're not having revival. We got this or that going on. This person hates me and I hate them. (laughs) No, no, no. Maybe we could even say that, but we got to say, you know what? But God's going to help us work it out. You know why? Because God's in charge. He's running this thing right here. Amen. And I'm not picking on anyone. Amen. But there are always outward signs that the world will notice. I mean, let me, let me, let me be really clear right here. Amen. Listen, I do not. I'm going to get your attention really, really close right here. Amen. Now don't be careful and get what I say. Don't go off and say I said what I didn't say, all right? Amen. I, don't, I do not believe that a person will be lost for not paying their tithes. Y'all are quiet. Y'all thought I believed a person going to be lost for everything. <laughs> Amen. I do believe a person can be lost for the reason they don't pay their tithes. Brother Ruck, the tithes, sometimes is just an outward sign. I don't believe a Ravens football game or any other kind of sports that, by the way, becomes idols to us you can say it does, doesn't? But the thing that you devote most of your time to—if right. you devote more time to that, and more money, and more wherever you have to go to be there—obviously, that's an idol. Right. And the and the scriptures they planned on that. Put no gods before me. Right. All right. I don't believe footballs. I mean, I'm. You know, I asked Corey about who the who the Ravens are playing. He, I mean, they wouldn't. They wouldn't play Who's the who's playing football last Sunday? I don't know. He he does just like I did. The ravens got played out and he's not even interested anymore. I don't care. But it's an outward sign if we miss prayer, if we miss church, if we put all of that ahead of God. All of that is saying something to the world, but the chat around us that we're called to be witnesses to. I I believe people can be lost over the reason they do these things. Hallelujah. I don't believe a woman will be lost if they cut their hair or dress ungodly. Now I can give you scriptures where the Bible said a woman's hair is her glory and if she cut it, she might as well just shave it off. You can do that in the Greek and Hebrew and go back and forth all you want. That's what the ends up that's how God feels about it. I don't believe a person will get lost, be lost if they cut their hair and wear massive amounts of makeup and eyeshadow. And y'all know, y'all know, women. I used to talk about it all the time. I don't know if they still do this or not. But God put all their eyebrows in the wrong place. They pluck them all out and then repaint them in the, in the right place. And their eyebrows are, I saw one woman, her eyebrows are so high, she always had the surprised look. It looked like that, whether she was surprised or not. She had moved all these eyebrows up here. (laughs) I don't believe a person, even though you can go into scripture and find all kind of stuff, you know, about, you know, the women's eyes. And, and, uh, you know, the Bible said the Nephilim, you know what the Nephilim was? That's the fallen angels that's demons you know what they did they painted their eyes all kind of stuff I'm not going to get into all of that but, but listen Listen, I don't believe a person will be lost for that, but I believe a person can be lost for the reason they do that. What's what's motivating a person? What's inspiring a person? What causes a person? What 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 causes a, a, a beautiful lady to put their skirt way up, you know, halfway up their, you know, their, their their leg up here? I mean, and every guy, if he's a guy, somebody says, Oh, don't look listen, let me tell you, listen, I'd rather see a guy looking at that than I would at the same sex. That's what guys do, okay? That's natural, that's normal. And so is it something motivating a woman to lower the neckline all the way down, you know, and the slit up to Jerusalem? <laughs> there, There is a, that's what we, we want to go deeper than just, you know, oh, you know, I, so I'm not judging anybody, but I'm, I'm trying to encourage us. What causes us to do that? Is it just the spirit of the world? Amen. Is it just style and fashion? Oh, I got to do this as a style now. And I understand, Holy Ghost, modest Pentecostal women, it's hard to just go get dresses and, you know, stuff off the I understand that. You know, my daughter-in-law goes down to the Jewish, down to the Jewish neighborhoods and down in Pikesville, and they think she's a little Jew. And so, I think she might have been proposed to a couple times down there. <laughs> yeah, hit on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just do whatever you have to do, but make sure you but but get this point. I'm not saying you're going to be lost for anything, but what motivates you right, to do what you do or not do what you whatever the case may be. Amen. Listen, it's just like tongues, amen, are not the Holy Ghost. And so people who don't, various denominations, Christians, they, they want to get on to us and judge us and say, boy, these people think you're supposed to, You know, listen, tongues are simply the indication that you have the Spirit according to the Scripture. We know that there's no place in the Bible where anybody received the Spirit. I told you it's going to be a teaching night. Amen. Listen, no no place that they received it, they didn't have that common initial evidence of speaking in in tongues. And so we tell that, and people say, okay, so so you do believe that, that a person has to speak in tongues. No, I believe they're supposed to have the Spirit. The Bible said, without my Spirit. So Jesus said, ye are none of mine. They want to entrap you, and get oh so you you are saying no. I'm not saying you have to speak in tongues. I can be just as hard headed as they are, and just as pushy as they are. I believe that you have to be born again. I believe you must have the Spirit. That's all I'm saying. But guess what? When folks get their hands up and they surrender, Brother John. Amen. they get down in a Pentecostal altar with folks praying and the spirit of the Lord moving, it won't be long, amen they yield to that stammering lip and another tongue that is a sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah praise God I'm going to get off of the tongue thing let me close with one one more point here. In Numbers thirteen, account of the spies going into the Promised Land. Numbers thirteen and verse one and two, very clear here. Verses one and two. Watch this. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, uh, "Send those send those men that they have that they search out the land Canaan. Let me get that right." Amen, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, shall ye send a man every one ruler, a ruler uh, among them. Uh, so, so obviously here in this 13th chapter of numbers, the Lord spake It settles it. The Lord said it, and that's what they did. It, it, it seems very clear that the Lord gave them direction here to, to go into the Canaan and look it over. But when we look back, and I like to, I like to take more than one scripture and, and kind of weigh them out. When we read Deuteronomy, our scripture text, 1 and 22, uh, it seems that God really intended, and this is the part we need to get, he intended for Israel to march right into the land of promise. He really never did intend for them to, uh, for them to even go in and spy out the land. All right? But in other words, Deuteronomy one twenty-two. It was not a request. And this is the part you got to get. And I'm not trying to read between the lines. Amen. But I'm trying to make a point here. Uh, you know, uh, in other words, it was a demand that the people made to Moses. Right. Here it is again. My point simply is this. They failed every test. And then when they get to the border, then, you know, they wanted to look at that for themselves. What did that mean? That meant another spirit of distrust to the man of god which was linked to god himself and they said no no we want to go size it up we want to basically i'm i'm adding words here but we want to look that thing over before we make a decision in other words zero faith hallelujah they wanted to investigate and they wanted to draw their own conclusion L- listen listen Please get this. I'm qualifying uh, as much of this as I can. There, there are many subjects in God's word that we are not totally clear on. I, I, I'll confess to that. We, we see through a glass darkly. That's what the apostle Paul said. In other words, we don't see it clear. We do the best we can. And it's okay to study and investigate for yourselves on subjects. However, there are other subjects that are as plain as daylight. It's been done before. It's been preached before. It's been obeyed before. God has blessed it before. So we don't need to dig into things, some things. In other words, let's not mess around with some things like coming to church, like paying your tithes, like being modest, like preaching the truth, like worship and praise. I don't have a right to walk in here in a praise service and just stand here and look around. I am gonna get down to the nitty-gritty just a moment. I'm still okay? My time okay? I I have no right when this praise and worship team is up here for the specific purpose of, of, of worshiping and leading us into worship. I have no right to stand here and just kind of look around. When prayer time comes and we all come to the altar to pray for our needs and other folks' needs. Listen, this has been settled, folks. I have no right to stand and look. I have no right to go fellowship with somebody. Somebody can just hold my phone calls. I'm not talking to anybody on the phone. I'm not checking messages out on my phone during a prayer service. or a, I'm not doing it. Why? Because that thing is settled in my spirit. I see folks. Listen. Pentecostal worship, it's ideal for kids to cut up. It's, you know. In a, in a, in a Methodist church, they're taught. little Methodist kids, man, they sit real quiet and they, and, because their whole service is quiet. But here... You know, we break out in praise and worship. Kids can do whatever they want, but they're acting just like their parents. They make all the noise. It doesn't matter. But when we settle down sometimes to the preaching, it's hard to settle them back down because they've been given license almost just to do whatever they want to do. But we got to teach them. Hey, don't run in church. Don't act a heathen around here. This is God's house. I know we shout and run. Brother Jose runs. But you can't run. <laughs> Not unless the spirit of the Lord gets on you. Right. On. Hallelujah. None of these things, we don't mess with that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anyway, let me, uh, let me get back to this last point I was trying to get on like five minutes ago or ten minutes. First King Kings 17, God sent Elijah to Zarephath where he found a widow woman, y'all know the story, Gathering Sticks. He called to her and said, get me a drink of water. (laughs) That wasn't too bad. Oh, by the way, if you read that little passage, oh, by the way, bring me a morsel of bread in thine hand, he said. But, But verse 12 starts her telling the truth here. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling my Holy Ghost right now. Uh, boy, this is a message of provision. Amen. Uh, you know, I want, I want God to provide for us, and God wants to do it, but he's got a few steps here for somebody. If you want something from God, you need to listen really close right here. Amen. As the Lord thy God liveth, this is a little widow woman speaking right. There was a famine in the land, horrible famine going on, no food, all right. She said, I just have a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in the cruise. I'm going to fix this little bit of food for my son and myself, and then we're going to starve to death. That's what she said. We're going to die. That's all we got. What else is there to do? Verse 13, and watch the audacity of the prophet of God. He's a type of your pastor, evangelist, bishop. Amen. And Eli- it didn't matter. She said all that. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. Go on and get, you know, get a little bit of meal. Get, get me my water and bring it here. But make me there of a little cake first. And bring it unto me. I mean, go ahead and wait on me. Amen. And after, make for thee and for thy son. Y'all, listen. uh, We've all got a little this. We're in, we live in America, and guess what we do in America? We look out for me. We look out for number one. I'm on. Hey, I'm not helping that preacher. Hey, he can do. Listen, he can do just like the rest of us. He can get a job. (laughs) We. I know all the stories. I know all the all the little cliches. Hallelujah. Hey, you know I struggle so much. After we got off of full-time work and we came here to get the church started, I did a, uh, started a little contracting business, partnered with the guy first and went on my own and, and, and made a decent living. But when God began to deal with us about going full-time, the church was not bringing enough money, had two or three or four people in the church, five or six maybe, said, we want you to be full-time. Well, I know what kind of money's coming in. I said, it's not enough money. To give us even a living we can't you know we but but we did it anyway there's been times since that my wife looked at me i remember one or two particular times i can go out and get jobs i can make money you know and this job would come open and she'd say you know are you going to take that job we really really could use it right now i'm going to tell you the answer i gave her brother jay it hadn't it has it, been a few years ago but i said i said honey i'm i'm, I'm really scared i'm afraid to take that job you know I'm not I'll do whatever I have to do to to make it Uh, you know I I don't I don't want to get out and be a beggar or anything I'll just go to work I'll find me a job somewhere but but when you're moving in the Holy Ghost you, you can let the carnality and the human reasoning kick in and you can go you can do it all right but, but you can allow God to move. And sometimes it takes a little holding on, a little tightening the belt up. And, and that's what we did. And God has continued to bless here. Amen. But the first thing Elijah said to us, said, don't fear. Don't don't fear. You you just go and do as as you were doing. But but make me a cake first and bring it here to me. And afterwards, then you make one for yourself. In other words, you don't put yourself number one. You don't put yourself first. No, no listen. This is not a tithing message. But some of you are waiting on a you know some kind of big win the lottery and then you'll. No no no. Whatever you got, you take the ten percent. Amen. The Bible in the Old Testament calls it the first fruits. Amen. Before you spend a nickel, you'll be obeying and following the pattern of this message right here, right right here. You won't be looking out. Somebody says, boy, I'd pay tithes, but I can't afford to pay tithes. Listen, I can't afford not to pay tithes if you want to open up heaven for yourself and your family then this little bit and guess what we don't do like the federal government continue to pass laws to raise taxes and no 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 it's been 10% forever it's not going up either It's the same if you got $1 or if you got a million dollars, 10%. It stays the same. And you write it out first, you put it in that basket, and you say, Now, God, now I'm praying for a financial blessing, amen, and I already gave you yours first. Let me tell you, folks, God is obligated. Did you hear me? God is obligated. He's already said it. When you pay your tithes, you just took the curse off of your money. The holes in the bottom of the bag that you've been putting your money in, that they've been falling through, then the holes close up. And now the way to get the extra blessing is say, now I'm going to put something on top of that. I'm not going to just pay 10%. I'm going to give a little offering here and there. I'm going to help somebody and bless somebody. Then it's when you start looking for the blessings from the Lord. Anybody hearing me? Anybody want a blessing? You want to get rid of fear? Oh, I don't know if I could pay my house note. Hey, let's put it in God's hands. And the scripture goes on to say, the prophet said, try me, saith the Lord. Go ahead and test me and see if I won't pour out a blessing upon you that you won't have room enough to receive. I'm helping somebody out right now. Amen. Do the 10%, do a little extra, whatever you feel like that you can give. Amen. And watch God. I'm looking for somebody to shout, amen, in the next service that we come to. I I said, I'm listening for somebody to begin to give praise for the blessings of God. Amen. Let me skip on down. Let's stand together. Sister Melissa or one of y'all, come help me out here a little bit, and I'll begin to close with this. Verse 16, here's the end result. A lot of beautiful story, right. I love this story. Amen. Verse 16, it said, And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail. In other words, it didn't run out either according to the word of the Lord which he spake, watch this, by Elijah. God didn't speak audibly and thunder he picked a preacher a prophet and spoke through him god is still speaking through preachers how can they hear without a preacher how can he preach lest he be sent amen listen god is speaking today to somebody amen but but this widow woman this her obedience to the wishes of the prophet set the stage for the next miracle Hallelujah. You gotta get this part too. It wasn't just about our oil not running. I mean, that was good. That was a very good one. But I'm talking about passing the little test. Right. Right. Your tithing and offering, that's what that is. Right. How in the world? I, I remember, I remember Sister Carol as a little kid. My folks were backslidden. They sent us to a Baptist church. I felt the presence of the Lord there. They would sing. And I remember. I still remember some of the songs. Those formative years. Just Nikki, do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do remember me, right. do Lord, oh do Lord. It's a prayer. Some of y'all got it. You remember it? I remember that change, Sister Valerie. My dad backslidden Pentecostal Holy Ghost Jesus name preacher, backslidden. Amen. I remember him giving us money to put in the offering. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if stinginess and fear is passed down, Brother Johnson. I don't know if that open understand. I don't know if that. Maybe it is. If it did, if that's true, that's what my dad passed down to me. Don't forget. You don't go to church without having an offering, even as a kid. You start out with your children. I told my grandkids. Amen. Just the other day, they're getting a little money in. and dad sends them a little money. I, I give them a little money here and there. They got money for Christmas. And I'm like, did you pay your tithes? I don't know if they did or not. But I'm telling them and I'm teaching them. Give God his part. Amen. Easy to figure the 10%. But I remember, I remember Brother Green having a good feeling when the offering basket came through. And I couldn't wait. I didn't have any money. I had that money in my pocket. And I couldn't wait. It was a good feeling. The Bible said it's more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. You think God's just kidding when he said that? Amen. And I remember feeling that good, and I still get that feeling when we write out the check or we take our money and hand it to somebody, give it to somebody. That's God, folks. That's us obeying what God has commanded us and told us to do. And we we get the benefit of it. Because somebody likened it as the money comes through. You know, when we stop it, we hold it and hoard it and put it in the bank. Nothing wrong with saving money either, by the way. Amen. But we're selfish with it. It's like we're like a conduit. And when we shut it, we don't pay our tithes and don't give our offering. And this was not intended to be a tithe. I just wanted to throw this in. It's like we shut off the spigot. We stop it up. Well, guess when we stop at this end, it stops coming and it can't go in any anymore. But when we open up, which is our hand, and we give it to somebody and we bless somebody, guess what? More comes in the other end. You want to keep the flow of the blessings of God in your life? Keep that hand open. Hold loosely the things that God has allowed you to have. Amen. I mean, some of y'all don't believe a word of this. (laughs) Listen, I've tried it, folks. I've tried it for years. It works. I said this works, yes. hallelujah, Get you a blessing. Now, I'm trying to, let me, cl- let me close with this last little point. I said this woman, what she did, amen, she set herself up for the real blessing. She made the prophet a cake first, and her and her son won next, and then she looked back in that barrel of meal and, well, there's some more, me- I thought we got it all. There was some more. She got the little cruise of oil, Sister High end and she, oh, well, I thought we poured the last drop out, but there's more in there. Every day, every day, every day there was, it didn't run out. God provided for it, and it all started with her being obedient and submissive to the man of God. Right. It's like, it's like Pat Ward years ago got him a new sales job. Seven cars down at uh, one of the four down on Reisterstown Road, and he's one of those guys, '70s guys, wearing a nice suit coat, with no socks, nice classy shoes, no socks. That's okay with me. I didn't care, Donald, if he did or didn't. Didn't matter. But the sales manager said, you know, Brother Pat, we, uh, you know, we need you to, uh, you know, wear socks, you know. And Pat began to, well, you know, it's cooler, yeah. And you know what the guy did? He said, just wear socks. And that's where you do with some of these things. Just pay your tithes. Well, I don't know if I can. Just just do it. (laughs) I ain't got time to mess with you. It works. And God said it. It's built in rock and stone. Amen. But then the big blessing. She did all of that. And God sustained them and kept them. Amen. Amen. But the... The real, bless, the real blessing came the, if you read that same passage of scripture there the son, her son died the one that you know was sustained through the you know through the drought and the famine and guess where she ran straight to the prophet what have I to do with thee <laughs> you cause this he said well Let's see about it. And, of course, to make a long story short, the prophet prayed for the son. God healed. You know, listen, what a, what a story here. I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I do want to know. I, I do want to take care of these little things as I go because there's something big coming, folks. we got to have revival around here. We, gotta have a, we, we can't just play church. We just can't get a new song and get peppy and get you to get a two or three more goosebumps. You know, that's not it. goes deeper than that, Amen. I'm trying to get you here. I'm trying to teach you a few things, I, Amen. But 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 there's some real tests and trials coming, Amen. I I, I, you know, I want to have all this stuff taken care of. But but my my closing point would simply be this: When Israel stood at the brink of the Promised Land, the reason that they feared and doubted. It said, we got to go in inside. The reason they did all of that, they had gotten in a habit of just not obeying God. Right. Griping anyway, complaining anyway. You know what I'm saying about the complaining? Just stop it. Yes. You don't do it. Right. How do you do that? Well, there's a way. <laughs> I believe God's going to do some good things. I'm, I'm, my faith is, My faith is going wild right now. Amen. I know that I don't, have a, I don't have a good closing here. Amen. But uh, I, I just feel good about what's happening to somebody. I feel like we need to claim it right now again. Amen. When we win these small battles, give me some victory over these things, God. Amen. Because the big battle's coming. The big test is coming. The giant's coming. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just claim them right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, a blessing upon you people that they won't have room enough to receive. Help from the throne. Amen. Spiritual, supernatural. Amen. Power. You said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. You will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands in faith, claim our blessing, claim our miracle. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Victory in this house. Victory in this house. I'm having a struggle letting you go, but I'm going to do it. Amen. Shake hands with somebody. Be friendly. Amen. Don't forget the announcements. See you on Wednesday night. Men, hope I see a bunch of you here Wednesday night. God bless you.